good football fans. Welcome to another episode of fourth and a mile podcast. Bradley, should we just start calling it uh second and a mile? And, we, and by the way, I am joined with my best friend, Bradley Rose, because it's just him and I this week. Yeah, it's it's just us two. We are, are doing the inaugural episode uh, of second and a mile podcast. Uh, Josh is probably face down with a couple cocktails and Brady's always schmoozing with with some big wigs in his company so it's just jeremy and i uh like leonardo leonardo dicaprio said the show goes on so um <laughs> we're, we're gonna roll with it and we're gonna have a good time yeah i uh i think we got a, a lot of good stuff this week for our listeners uh talk about some uh wide receivers and running backs in some of those later rounds that you can sort of steal and stack up on your squad um but let's get into some notables yeah, I mean, it's a, it's honestly a good good thing we recorded on Tuesday because we got the biggest news of the day, and that's Cam Akers uh, towards Achilles. Uh, he will not be playing in the 2021 season. Uh, other other big news is that uh, Melvin Ingram is signing with the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, former Chargers pass rusher. Uh, J.D. McKissick came out and said that he wants an every down roll. Um, he beefed up a little bit in the offseason and thinks he's capable of taking the, the full workload. And the last thing that we have is uh, Saquon or Saquon, Barkley uh, might not be ready for week one for the New York Giants. So Jeremy, I, th- I think we should start with Cam Akers. Uh, this is this is obviously the biggest news. It has the most fantasy impact. And also it has a lot of impact on the NFC. It has a lot of impact on Matt Stafford. It has just a lot of impact on football. So let's start with Cam Akers. Um, obviously our, our hearts go out to him. Like you never want to see a second year running back uh, tears Achilles. Cause I mean, you honestly don't know if it's the end of Cam Akers career as good as his career started as a rookie. When you have that big of a break, it's, it's a long recovery. So it's a big deal. I want to start first. Where did you have Cam Akers in your rankings? Obviously he's gone from there. And now Daryl Henderson's foreshadowing going to be the guy unless they, they, they find someone else. And where does, where does Daryl Henderson move into for you? So I did this quickly before we, we jumped on here. Um, I, and this was just first glance, first thought of trying to move Henderson up the board here. Um, Henderson was well into the forties. I can't remember off the top of my head. He might've been a little bit even farther than that. Um, I had him at 49. Yeah. I, I had him somewhere in the forties and I had cam Akers at 10, uh, 10 or 11. I've now taken him off the board. Um, obviously, you know, and, and that's the tough, and you mentioned to it, you, you alluded to it, like it stinks for him. Like he, he was about to come into this big role um, that we thought projected, obviously um, came on really strong towards the end of the season, really looked like that running back that everybody thought he could be coming, you know, coming out of college. And, and it's, it's just a tough one. And and you, you talk about that injury, obviously, you know, better than me as our resident AT, but he's a guy that's that relies on his explosion and it it just unfortunately you don't know if it'll be the same you've seen guys come back nowadays especially in like the nba from these injuries and been okay most recent example kevin durant so you never really know um but obviously you hope the best for him uh as far as henderson goes like i said quickly i've I've bumped him up to the 24 25 range i just and I don't know if that's even high enough, you know, I, because he, he's a second, he's got the second round pedigree, just like Cam Akers did. Um, and he was actually pretty efficient with the touches that he had last year. So he could be higher than that. That's just quickly running through, but he's definitely, you want to talk about a mid round guy to be targeting. 
like this is going to be a good offense still. He's going to get the touches. And like I said, when he has had them, he's been decent with them. So I, I think you have to be looking at Henderson to, to take a pretty good uh, chunk of that backfield um, and also just be a very valuable fantasy asset. Now, I don't think he can get up to 10. Like I think a lot of people thought Cam Makers could, but I still think he's definitely a guy you should be looking at. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with everything you were saying. I think I might have him a little bit higher. I, I have Daryl Henderson at 18 right now. And, and I feel, I feel pretty good about that until they sign a, a Todd Gurley or they trade for potentially um, help me out with the, the New England Patriots for Sony Michelle um, okay. or they sign Adrian Peterson. If they, if they sign someone, then you're looking at, okay, maybe he's not getting 270 carries and he's going down to 200 carries. And, and so I think 18 is, is a number that I'm comfortable taking him at. I have him just below David Montgomery and just above Josh Jacobs. And I think he's going to get similar workload to them. And, and when he was healthy last season, he was pretty efficient. Like he was a big waiver wire target for people to get. And, and I do think that, I think that the wide receivers in LA get a bump up for me. I think guys like Robert Woods, who might get maybe two jet sweeps a game now, um, instead of just maybe one every other game. I think they're going to look for creative ways to get other players involved and not just say, hey, Daryl Henderson, you're getting 25 carries today. It, it's going to be a, a team effort for them. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do this quick. I don't know if we've ever done this, but I, we have a live uh, update rankings um, on the pod. <laughs> Uh, I just bumped up Henderson to 20. Wow. <laughs> just, wow. <laughs> just because, I mean, like I said, I, I think I had 24, but you're, you're hundred percent right. When you talk about the running backs in this landscape and, and that's part of the reason we're talking about this stuff today is that what traditionally has been this somewhat of a no man's land for running backs um, in that 20 to 30 range where you're really, you're, you're getting guys that might have some volume, uh, maybe get some some stuff in the passing game, but you're somewhat taking you know risks on a lot of these guys. I I think this year compared to other years, it's even more so in this landscape. Um, you know, so when you're talking about those guys, Josh Josh Jacobs has a question mark. Miles Sanders, couple question marks. Um, Kareem Hunt is never going to be barring injury the lead guy, but obviously you've seen him be successful. Miles Gaskin in that same range question mark. So, I mean, Henderson, if they don't have anybody else there, I mean, he's almost at 18 at your number by default. And, uh, and quick tidbit about drafting, and this is why I feel so strongly on, on taking running backs early, because as soon as you get out of the top 15, it gets real, it gets real question marks, question marks, question marks, like – I, I'm all for going back-to-back -back RBs and, and going and finding receivers later on. And I, I'm, I'm okay with you taking a Travis Kelsey in the second round, but I, I'm almost willing to no-brainer take a running back in the first round. And, and you'll see, to Bradley's point, you'll see when we talk about some of these wide receivers, how, in my opinion, I think the crop of the wide receivers we're talking about are on a different level than some of these running backs. Um, and, and you'll find a lot of value um, in those mid rounds of wide receivers, but we'll get into that here in a little bit. Yeah. Let's, let's talk JD McKissick. Um, it came out, I think it was either over the weekend or just before the weekend about how he beefed up a little bit. He he's looking to get an every down, uh, every down rule in Washington. And, and my immediate thought was, that's great. I mean, I want, I want a hundred thousand dollar pay raise. Like that doesn't mean it's going to happen. Um, 
what like what what do you make of this like it's not happening i i would be i would be stunned if, if jd mckissick gets more than 50 percent of the carries in a game it's just unless unless he's running like a raheem moster did against the packers in the nfc title game sorry for bringing it up i just listened to, <laughs> to listen to something about it today but like this is this is a journeyman like this guy is not a high draft pick this was not a high sought after free agent like antonio gibson's probably going to be the guy there yeah i I kind of had the similar reaction as you did. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> Good for you. I kind of want some things with my job too, but I probably won't get it. Right. Um, but I mean, and what else is he supposed to say? I guess I don't really know. I didn't look into this more um, in terms of like the context, like what was the interview where he was asked this, you know, cause what else are you supposed to say as a player? Like, yeah, yeah obviously you want that. Um, but I, I think he'll, I think he'll sort of be what he, what he is. I mean, and, and he'll be what he was last year. Uh, and let's, than, let's, let's not get it mixed up. That's valuable. What, yeah. what he, what he does is very valuable. And I'm definitely I'm own that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. He doesn't, it, it, and that's fine. Like, and he might be very valuable to the Washington football team uh, because he can spell Gibson. He can add some uh, wrinkle to an offense that you have to plan for as a defense but as a, like a fantasy asset, it's never going to be this three down role, this guy that's going to be in the, the top 20, but he could, he could definitely be a guy, especially in a deeper league, you know, that you, you plug and play in a half point PPR or a full point PPR. And he gets you eight points. Cause he catches four balls. Like, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like you yeah. need some of those guys on your roster. So he's, he's a guy that you can look at as a later round deeper league guy, but yeah, I mean, I don't think I put too much stock into definitely, definitely not in terms of moving, you know, Gibson down or anything. Let's talk about a guy that's going to get taken early in fantasy drafts, and that's your boy Saquon Barkley. Um, thoughts on him not being ready for week one, potentially not being ready for week one. Yeah, he he's so tough this year, and I think we talked a, a little bit about it on last week's episode. Um, you know, you guys are, you and Brady are a little bit lower. Can't remember exactly where Josh had him. Um, but I bumped him down after the podcast. I have him, uh, last week, I have him at seven right now. And that's probably the range he should be in, uh, right around that number. It's just so hard because when you look at his physical abilities and just his talent, like I, we haven't seen that many players like him. Um, but when you talk about him missing time, then. I mean, and Daniel Jones was never the the dink and dunk like Eli Manning was. So like you're already talking about, you know, dropping him a little bit because of his his role being a tad different. And then you talk about him missing some games like that definitely does hurt his stock. Um, I don't know where, where do you did this move the needle so, anything for you? I mean, it kind of just confirmed where I had him in my rankings. I have him at nine. I feel good about him being at nine. I think that's, I think as fourth in a mile, I think we're a little bit lower on Saquon. I think there's, there's experts in the, in the industry that are, are, are for sure a top five Saquon in their RB top fives. And, but the way I look at it is, is if you're going to miss time, boom, thank you. That's, that's the best abilities availability. I say it all the time. And another thing that really, really intrigues me, I guess, is they went out and signed Kenny Galladay. They went out and drafted Kadarius Tony. They're giving weapons to Daniel Jones. Maybe, maybe Joe Judge wants to throw the ball a little bit more. Maybe he says, you know what? Saquon's been taking too much of the load. He's not staying healthy. He's going to get 15 touches a game. I'm sorry if I'm taking somebody f- fifth overall. 
they need to be getting 25 touches a game. Like I, I love the player, but it's, it's crazy. You could honestly make an argument that if Saquon does not stay healthy this year, he's not going to get his fifth year option on his rookie deal. There, there, yeah. There's a, there's a legit chance for that. Which again, is this argument in, in the league nowadays of drafting, you know, running back so high, not fantasy wise, just yeah. uh, real football. Um, but one thing, and I'm going back and I'm pulling up his stats right now. So he was uh, in 2019, he was RB nine in standard RB 10 in PPR. And that was only with six touchdowns, but he caught 52 passes so I think that that season is probably a pretty good one to pull from, from yeah. what maybe to expect this year, because in that 2018 season, his rookie year was just bonkers. I mean, he was one uh, RB one in PPR with 90, 91 receptions and he had 11 uh, rushing touchdowns, 15 total. So that, that one is most likely not going to happen again. But if you can recreate 2019, then you got him right. You know, you're, he's right where we have him ranked, you know, seven to eight to nine. He's going to end up in that category. And that sort of volume, because that year he was 50 less uh, rushing attempts than he was the year before. And he had 50 less targets than the year before. So that season is probably a pretty good one to point to, to what you could hopefully expect from the, from this from him this year. So yeah, it's just really hard to justify taking him as the you know second, third, fourth. Arc. What I'll what I'll say is if you're if you're a Saquon Saquon Barkley fan and you do take him four, five, six, even seven, I, I don't think it's ungodly reasonable for him to fall to seven. Um, on that on that back half, I would really really try to look for something consistent, somebody that's been there and that's healthy and that's going to get a, a high volume workload. I think a guy like Clyde edwards alaire would be a great pair with him. Clyde's going to be a guy that's going to be really good for play for fantasy owners. And I think he will, he will help. I would say balance a little bit. Saquon's kind of like a boomer bust. Like he, he, he might get hurt or he might, he, he honestly could finish as the RB one. Like we, we, we saw it in what you say, 2018, like the guy is ultra talented. So I would go with a Clyde Edwards layer guy who is probably going to sit there at that 15 points a game, 12 points a game. He's gonna, he's not gonna get 30 carries, but he's also gonna be really, really effective in the pass game for you as well. Yeah. And I to your point earlier, I this is not a player that I would feel confident taking, you know, with my first round pick and then going Kelsey or a wide receiver, you know, in one of those second and third rounds. I, I'm getting a second one running back right away. 100 percent 100 percent So now we're gonna shift into our 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 main segment uh, before our break. And that's what we just call a nice little either or. And essentially what I'm going to do is I'm going to give two players out. Uh, we're going to do quarterback, running back and receivers, and we're going to pick uh, one or the other. And so the first one we typically for these, we're going to do a high round guy, a mid round guy and a, and a later round guy. So we're going to start with our high round guy for the quarterback. And that's Dak Prescott or Lamar Jackson. Jeremy, where are you at on these guys? I love them both. Um, I think they're both going to be awesome this year. Um, but I lean Lamar. I, I just see him reverting back a little bit to that 2019 season. So you saw uh, him as the, the number one quarterback in 2019, number 10 last year. And, and last year was sort of an up and down year for him. Uh, had some really good weeks, had some average weeks. But I think, I think 
they've put some pieces around him now. They're changing up their offense a little bit. I think he's going to throw the ball more than he did last year. So I expect him to revert back to that a little bit. It's just so hard to choose to move away from him when you have that just super safe floor with his rushing ability. Yeah, I, I'm going Lamar as well. I have him as my quarterback too. One thing that does worry me a little bit about him uh, is his offensive line. Uh, Ronnie Stanley is coming off a, a, a significant injury. They traded Orlando Brown. Um, so those are your staples, your tackles. Um, but at the end of the day, like they also invested in, in wide receiver Rashad Bateman and uh, J.K. Dobbins is going to get better. So I, I love Lamar. I think he's really good off script and, and Dak's a question mark with his injury as well. I have full confidence in Dak coming back at hundred percent, but at the end of the day, like his offensive line is not as good as it once was. Zeke is aging. Cooper's aging. So you, you take what you can get. I think we can both agree that if we have one of these two as our quarterbacks, we're feeling pretty dang good about where we're at. Definitely. And, and one thing that I shouldn't say lowers Dak because I'm not moving him and, and we still have him, you know, in our top five, but one thing that helped him was his, his rushing floor was normally pretty good too. It wasn't anywhere yes. near Lamar Jackson, but he was getting a pretty good amount of, of rushing touchdowns and a decent uh, yardage game in and game out enough to, you know, give him two, three, four more points that might be limited, you know, this year. And we don't know by how much. So he, the arm is still going to be there obviously. Um, and the weapons are there but that that rushing floor might not be as much. So that that's a definitely a little bit of a concern. Yeah, good point. Um, let's go to our high round running backs, and that's Aaron Jones versus Austin Eckler. I'll start with this one, and, uh, and I'm going to talk about Austin Eckler a little bit. It has nothing to do with how low I have Aaron Jones. I am, I'm willing to be wrong about Austin Eckler. I am, I'm all in on him. I'm, I'm going to take him over a lot of different running backs that are going to be there on like the seventh overall pick. I, I really believe in Austin Eckler. I believe in his workload. I believe that he's got a good quarterback in place for him. And I think he is poised if he stays healthy to finish as a top seven, top eight running back. So that's why I have Austin Eckler. I think Aaron Jones is still in RB one. I have him as RB 11, but I, um, I would classify myself as an Austin Eckler truther this year. Uh, I'm all in on Austin Eckler. Yeah. And, and the reasons that you laid out are 100% valid. And, and I love Eckler as well. I think in, in this one, it it's kind of a put in, put the two names in the hat for me and pull it out. I have them nine and 10 uh, back to back my rankings right now. Um, so I'll, I'll go with my stay true to my rankings. I have Aaron Jones at nine Eckler at 10. I think both of them are going to have good years. I think Aaron Jones is, continues to kind of be that name that we don't want to necessarily fully buy in. Obviously I'm farther in because I've got, I've got some bias involved. Yep. Um, but we, I mean, all of us last year too, I was the highest, but still lower than a lot of other people with Aaron Jones in terms of buying in. But I think he's shown he can do it in a lot of different ways. And I think he's shown that he can be extremely efficient in any touches, any amount of touches that he gets. I mean, he, you know, two years ago was, was RB two in PPR last year, RB five in PPR I mean, it, it, he's going to regress a little bit, you would think. So I think still staying in the top 10 is more than doable uh, for him, whether Aaron Rodgers is there or not. Obviously their offense takes a hit if Aaron Rodgers isn't there. Um, but he, he, I would expect him to lean more on the run game if he isn't there. So I don't think he falls too much. Now, obviously he doesn't get the, the touchdown opportunities necessarily that he would be if Rodgers is there. 
But I do think, I mean, they signed him, they paid him, which is not something that I think a lot of people expected. So they see a value in him. They see an opportunity for him. And they, and I think they're going to do a lot more with him in the past game. So, uh, but to, to your point, I love Eckler as well. I think both these two running backs are going to have good seasons. What, what I'll say about Aaron Jones and the, the Aaron Rodgers saga is I'm, I'm higher on Aaron Jones if Aaron Rodgers is there. And I'm lower on Aaron Jones if Aaron Rodgers is not there. With that being said, I'm higher on A.J. Dillon if uh, Aaron Rodgers is not there, meaning Jordan loves the quarterback. I think they're going to do more of a, we're going to pound it, we're going to pound it, we're going to pound it. And I think A.J. Dillon's going to be that guy more than Aaron Jones is. And let's not let's not forget that they invested a second-round pick into A.J. Dillon, so they they he's going to have a role. And so I think that's important to note. But uh, – we spent enough time on that, on those guys. So let's, let's go to the wide receivers and this is our top tier wide receivers and it's Kelvin Ridley or Deandre Hopkins, both in most expert consensus rankings are our top five receivers, if not in the top six. So where do you, where do you go here, Jeremy? Eileen, uh, Deandre Hopkins. I have Hopkins at four and I have Ridley at six. I'm not overly concerned. I think some of the conversation that's brought brought up about Ridley is uh, Matt Ryan and just how good he has been when he hasn't had Julio. So I definitely think it's going to be a little bit of a wait and game to see exactly what that offense is going to look like. But the talent is there with Ridley. I mean, you saw him last year be successful. He's going to be really good. But that is that is the one reason I have him just outside the top five. I think DeAndre Hopkins, we know who he is. We know what he is. We know what he's going to do on the football field. I think it would be dumb to doubt him dropping that much farther this year. Do you kind of get the sense that people are a little bit sleeping on, on Deandre Hopkins? And I wish Brady was here because we could really talk to him, but I don't even think, I don't think Hopkins is in Brady's top seven. No, I think he's at nine for him. I think he's last week. And I think that's complete and utter blasphemy. I I cannot understand that. I have Hopkins at two. So I, I believe in the player and, Cliff Kingsbury likes to get the ball out quick and let's not forget like Hopkins started the season with like 10 catches, nine catches, 11 catches. Like he was, he was unbelievable for half point PPR leagues. Um, So I'm all in on Hopkins uh, on this one, but I also have Ridley at six and I, it's a very good point on what Kelvin Ridley's been like without Julio Jones in the lineup. And I think it's something that a lot of fantasy owners should take note of because frankly, Julio Jones is not there. So it's going to be interesting to see how much Kyle Pitts takes of Julio Jones's role and how much of a Mike Davis is factored into it because outside of Kelvin Ridley, I don't think Russell Gage is going to get Julio Jones type uh, catches or, or targets, I should say. So I, I think it's really interesting to watch and it's going to be something that's going to unfold within the first two weeks. Cause frankly, Arthur Smith likes to run the football. Yeah. And, and that's, that's another point too, that we probably haven't talked about enough. Like they might change their style of how they want to play. Um, and not to say they're going to for sure, but they definitely might switch it up. I don't know if, if they think Mike Davis is that guy or not, maybe they do. I mean, obviously we, we like him, yeah. um, but it, did, do you have anything else on DeAndre Hopkins? Is there something I'm missing? So last year I was the lowest on him. Um, and, and it, I really wasn't that low. I think I had him at seven going into the year, but and, and that had a lot to do with him changing teams, not necessarily sure where the, where the targets were going to come in, uh, what that was going to look like exactly. There's really nothing that has changed here. Yeah, they brought in A.J. Green. Um, but if, you, if people think that A.J. Green is going to take away from DeAndre Hopkins' targets. No. If anything, it could potentially help him because 
there's more threats on the field. And Christian Kirk had a couple good games last year and played okay towards the end of the year. But again, I mean, look at DeAndre Hopkins numbers. It really wasn't that affected. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. That's why, that's why I have met too. I, the player's unreal. I think him and Kyler with another year together, I think it's just going to help them both. So let, let's move to, to quarterback here. Um, we're going to skip our mid tier. We'll just go late tier. Cause I think this will get uh, interesting for the rest of the positions and then we'll take a quick break. Um, our late tier is Jalen hurts or Tom Brady. I, I'm, I'm a little interested to see who you pick here and, and, and for what reasons. So I'll stick true to my rankings. I have them back to back um, and I'll go with Tom Brady. So I have Hertz at 14. I think in a super flex league or a dynasty, stuff like that, obviously Hertz is higher. Um, I, to be honest, he's a guy that I'm, I think I'm going to sort of stay away from just because there's other guys in this range. I mean, shoot, I think you could get Herbert, you know, in, in a little bit higher than him. Um, you know, uh, Joel Burrow, Carson Wentz. I think I trust those guys a little bit more just because I know sort of the situations for sure where they're at. I know where Tom Brady is hurts. Don't know exactly what that whole thing is going to look like. So I think he's going to probably get picked higher than he should. Uh, so I would probably just stay, stay away from this year. Yeah, it's fair. It's it's not you're not wrong for thinking that. I actually I'm going Jalen Hurts. I'm going against what my rankings say. I have Tom Brady at 15 and Jalen Hurts at 16. But but here's what I go back to, and this is and this is kind of important for me. It's that Tom Brady has never had a good of a year as he did last year. In the last five from a fantasy perspective. Uh, in his last five years, this was Tom Brady's best year by 40 plus points. So is is this gonna happen again or is he is he in line for regression? And who knows? I mean, every year you wonder, is this the year Father Time says you're done, Tom? I, I'm not going to say that because, frankly, no one has the right to say that. We're going to let Father Time take care of that. But Jalen Hurts, when he was starting, I mean, he was ultra effective. Um, so I, I like rushing capability in my quarterbacks. I think that they have to have some kind of rushing capability because there's nothing better than having a quarterback who throws for 150 yards and zero touchdowns, but also throws a solid 18, 20 points on your fantasy because he had a rushing touchdown. So I think it's ultra effective to have a Jalen hurts who can, who can run the rock uh, on your team. Yeah. You make some very valid points. And to be honest with you, Brady, isn't really anybody I'm targeting either. Cause you just never really know when that is coming. And and he, as a, from a pure football perspective, he had some really up and down moments last year. Now, yep. obviously the news came out, played last year, hurt, whatever. Um, but you definitely make some valid points with, if you're, if you're saving your quarterback towards the end, picking a high upside guy, he hurts definitely has that capability. And now I'm kind of rethinking my answer, but <laughs> All right, next one is Tony Pollard or Latavius Murray. Mm, I, are... I, I could start with this one because they both have similar roles. They're they're both, you know, they're they're going to be a week by week starter for you. Maybe if a guy's on a bye week for you, but as soon as their their lead dog, whether it's Alvin Kamara or Zeke Elliott, um, gets hurt, they immediately move into a, a mid RB two to a, almost RB one range. And and for me, that guy's Tony Pollard. I think there's there's some standalone value for Tony Pollard. I think he's going to be more of a receiving role this year. And frankly, I think 
if one of the two running backs were going to get hurt, I had put my money on Zeke, just the, his style of play. And he's, I mean, he's lost some weight. If you've seen the pictures, he's lost some weight. What if he tries to continue to play like his big bully style and a linebacker gets him? Like it, it's, it's definitely possible. And immediately Tony Pollard steps in and is, has an immediate role. Definitely. I, I I'm hundred percent behind you with, with the Tony Pollard. Um, Latavius has always been kind of a hard one because he's like that guy that you don't really want on your roster, but still has some, some sort of value. And he's like, and he's the guy that when he's on your roster, you don't ever really feel great playing him, but, but you can't usually, cut him. <laughs> yeah, but he usually, you know, gives you a couple points, saves you from having a dud. Um, but I like Tony Pollard. Cause I agree with you. I think he does have some stolen standalone value. And when you're comparing these two, I think he's got the best opportunity for receiving work. And when you're looking for a running back this late, that's what you're looking for is some upside in that um, because that is more uh, guaranteed from a week to week basis in terms of, you know, catching four balls and getting 30 more yards. And there you go. You got seven points in a PPR league. So I like Pollard yeah. as well. Yeah. I mean, definitely if you're, if you're housing Zeke or, uh, AK, like these are some guys that you're probably going to reach a, just a little bit higher for just because it's nice to have that extra handcuff. And, and some people don't really believe in the handcuff and that's, that's fine, but it's nice to have when you do have it and they end up do getting hurt. Um, final either, or, and this is a deep wide receiver. It's Michael Pittman jr. Or Darnell Mooney. I'm really interested to see who you pick here. I have an idea on who you're going to pick just because he's your guy. Um, but who are you going with? Yeah, I'm going with, with Michael Pittman. I'm assuming that's who you expected yeah. me to yes. pick. Yes, yes, I did. I, I, I do like Darnell Mooney, though. Um, I, I think he has some value this year, and I think he's a guy that you could target as a late, later round wide receiver. But I really like Pittman. Uh, I think that offense is going to be very good. I think I, I'm you. we don't know necessarily yet what the passing volume is going to look like for Wentz, if they're going to lean more on the run, kind of get him started that way. But I think if you get – let's say 75 to 80% of the ones you had a couple years ago, Pittman ends up being very, very valuable because I think he's going to be a, a friendly target to Wentz. So I really like where he's at. I have him right at like that 40 mark right now. Um, just because I think a couple guys ahead of him just have a little bit more like guaranteed value because T Y Hilton is still there. Yep. I don't know how much he's going to play into it, but he's there. So, uh, I, but I do like Pittman. Yeah, I also lean Pittman. Uh, before the show, I was thinking, I got to say Mooney. I got to say Mooney. And that's probably because I saw on Twitter multiple times about his routes that were burning people that were overthrown. And it's probably like, wow, this guy is a good player. But the reality is, like, he does he does have some standalone value. Um, I know Alan Robinson's the guy there, but you also need uh, Robin to your Batman. And I think as soon as Justin Fields becomes quarterback, I think Darnell Mooney skyrockets for me a little bit more than if Andy Dalton's a quarterback. Um, but I don't know if that's going to happen right away. So you got to factor that in when you, when you're making your rankings. Yeah. He's a guy that I love in dynasty this year. Cause I think you're going to get to the party one year earlier than his breakout. Cause I think it ends up probably being, he might have some really good weeks this year, but I think it'll probably end up being next year where he kind of has this breakout. Cause if it, if it is Justin Fields right away, maybe they have more time to work on it, but if it's Justin Fields halfway through the year, I think you're right. I just don't see that, that big bomb play to him that often. Um, but if it ends up being next year, like I, I just, I think he's a guy to keep your eye on for sure. 
he does he does remind me a little bit of like what Chris Olave was to Justin Fields at, at Ohio State. He feels like he could have they're they're not the same player, so they're not, I'm not saying that, but it seems like they could have a similar role to what Chris Olave did at Ohio State for for Justin Fields. Um, but with that, we're going to take our break, and then we'll come back and talk about some mid round wide receivers and running backs to target. Hi guys, this is Jeremy Becker from the Fourth and a Mile podcast. Just wanted to thank you guys for tuning in and remind you to follow us on Twitter at Fourth and a Mile Pod. That's Fourth and a Mile Pod. Thanks, guys. And now back to the sports. All right, welcome back into the Fourth and a Mile podcast. We're going to get started with our mid-round wide receivers outside the top five rounds to target. Jeremy, who's your first guy that you should be targeting? So the first one, it it, it almost sounds like made up because you don't think he'd be there this long based off his name, but it, it's OBJ. If he is in the fifth round, sixth round, seventh round, whatever, I think in some drafts he's going to fall because people just, it's sort of recency bias. Haven't heard his name that much at the top of the list recently. He's been hurt, but this is a guy, if he's healthy and plays the whole season, there is no way you do not return value. And, and I can feel pretty confident in saying that. So this is a guy that I am targeting in, in, in a lot of drafts. I have had one so far in Dynasty. I wasn't able to snag him when I wanted to. Um, but this year, in terms of redraft, I think he's going to have a great year. Again, the talent is is so evident, and it's going to be very hard for him to not return value in that, in that uh, section of the draft. It's funny you say that because I was talking with one of my coworkers today, and, and I said, a guy that you should look for is Odell Beckham Jr. I He's getting drafted right now, or his expert ranking is at wide receiver 28. I, I just can't wrap my mind around that because it doesn't make any sense because the guy is the guy's ultra talented. Like he tore his ACL last year. Like that's who knows who he'd have finished if he didn't tear his ACL. But the guy, like the best ability is availability. And sometimes he hasn't been available, but when he is available, his talent is second to none. Um, the guy that I'm going to target right away is Jerry Judy. Um, I've came on this podcast and talked about how much I, I like the player of JD, Jerry Judy. I have him as my wide receiver 21. I think his route running is second to none. And I think that if Teddy Bridgewater is the quarterback, that only increases his role. Now, if Drew Locke's the quarterback, I'm not going to say I'm out on Jerry Judy, but I'm definitely more in on Cortland Sutton. Um, but I do think Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the quarterback. So that's why I'm in on Jerry Judy. I like Jerry Judy. I think he's a guy to own. I, I think his route running is is elite, and I think that helps him no matter who the the quarterback is because he he makes it a lot easier on whoever is behind center. Another name that I really like, and I think I've moved him up very slowly, um, but just about each week I think I've maybe bumped him up another slot. I have him at twenty five right now, but that's Brandon Ayuk. I think his stock might drop just a tad just because Debo is there. And we've seen what a healthy Debo looks like. But I think last year you saw what Brandon Ayuk can be. He's very shifty. They can they, they scheme up a lot of ways to get him the football. So I think you kind of have this safe floor with him because they're going to try to get him touches and they manufacture in a lot of different ways for him. And if, if uh, Trey Lance is the quarterback, I think it's even, even better for him. So I, I really like Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Some people say, all right, this last this last year's rookie class, it goes Justin Jefferson, C.D. Lamb, and then Brandon Ayuk. 
over Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs. They they love the player of Brandon Ayuk, and and who how can you not like the guy? As soon as he gets the ball, he's he's hard to tackle. He's got great refined route running. So I I mean it's a good pick. Uh, I'm gonna go to a rookie for for somebody to take, and that's Jamar Chase uh, for a, a mid round guy. I think the idea that rookie receivers cannot come in and make an impact is kind of a a lost art now. So I think that uh, Jamar Chase is going to come in. I think within the first four weeks, he's going to become the guy uh, in Cincinnati. Um, And I think that uh, having Joe Burrow as your quarterback only increases that because there's already rapport there. Yeah. I, he, his name continues to come up week to week for us. I think on the podcast. Yeah, You're absolutely right. And as we've talked about him, I think I've, I brought him up higher and higher because I'm starting to buy in more and more. How high do you have him right now? Right now? I don't have him very high. I have him at 36 and I don't love that. And I know it's somebody that's going to get moved up, but I mean, even at 36, I think that's, it's more valuable than what he's going in expert rankings. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I, you might be surprised how high I have him, but I have him at 23. Really? Yeah. I, again, I, I, think we've seen to your initial point i think we've seen what that rookie wide receivers can come in and have this big impact i mean and when he already has that pre-established relationship with burrow i I just think there's a lot of opportunity for him to, to to grab a hold of and take advantage of now i will say if he's going that high i don't know if i can pull the trigger um, and I'd like to run this strategy by you for these, these Bengal wide receivers, because I think they're all fairly close chase Higgins and, and Tyler Boyd, obviously Tyler Boyd, most likely being the last yes. um, taken. How do you feel about these, these Bengals wide receivers? And do you like the strategy of picking whichever one is last on the board? I don't like the idea of picking which one's last. I think Tyler Boyd is significantly last. Um, I think T Higgins is going to have a good role this year. Um, if I had to pick a favorite out of the three, it'd probably be Jamar chase, just because I think his talents is going to win over. We get bored because we haven't seen Jamar chase and I've definitely fallen into that trap. I've fallen into the, you know what? We haven't seen him in a year, but then he goes and gets picked in the top five. It's like, you know what? Okay. Maybe like, maybe he's still got it. Like obviously teams know it, but then even in the fantasy rankings, you're like, okay, well, he's a rookie. It's going to take time. The, the guy's NFL ready. He was NFL ready when he last played at LSU. Keep in mind, he was the best receiver at LSU when he last played at LSU. And, and guess who was his teammate? It was Justin Jefferson who took the league by storm. So I don't know what they do at LSU, but they grow wide receivers on trees. And, and so I, I want a part of that tree. Yeah, that's our – I just realized that's our second LSU wide receiver we talked about because OBJ. Charles Landry, Jefferson, like these guys, these guys are good players. Uh, Any other, any other wide receivers that you're sort of targeting in this range? How about any, did you have any other on your list that were maybe even a little deeper than that? Maybe like nine, 10. You know, I, I lean towards like a Henry Ruggs just because like he was taken so early. And I think that injuries riddled his, his first season and I do think he's going to have more of a role uh, in Las Vegas. I think having John Brown there helps him. I think a veteran receiver helps 
a rookie receiver more than it hurts them. I think you look at what Adam Thielen was to, to Justin Jefferson. I think what you look at Amari Cooper was to CD lamb, like clearly these guys have to learn how to be a pro. And I don't really think that, that uh, Henry Ruggs had that. And now, John Brown's not the same category as uh, Amari Cooper or Adam Thielen, but he's been in the league a long time and knows how to be successful in this league. And I think that's going to help Henry Ruggs. And he's somebody who I have ranked at 45 right now that I think I feel pretty comfortable on. And and I think that maybe as the season gets closer and we see what training camp presents, I think he could be higher than that. Yeah. He's a guy that I'm starting to buy into a little bit more, you know, as the weeks go on in terms of this guy that, you could take as a lottery ticket towards the end because he does have that type of ability. I mean, he was drafted where he was for a reason. Uh, two more other names. One we already talked about was Michael Pittman. I like him in that kind of round 10 range. Uh, and then another name, and I don't know if you'll like this as much, but I like Mike Williams this year um, as a guy that sort of uh, high risk or a uh, high reward, low risk type of guy. I mean, cause you're going to draft him around round 11, you know, maybe. And then guys in this range, he's got that, that high upside because we've seen it with his touchdowns. It's going to be a good offense. There's our, there's been talk coming out of camp or the mini camp that he's going to be in this different role with a lot of targets, which I'm not really sure how that's going to work out, you know, with Keenan Allen being there, what that necessarily is going to look like, but he is a guy that, that could have that potential. Yeah. I mean, Initially, when when you said Mike Williams, I'm like, no, I, I don't like that. I mean, you did make a good case for him. I think he's a high touchdown guy, and that's something that is is very valuable in fantasy. And you look at a guy like Adam Thielen, I hate to bring his name up again, but he had 14 touchdowns last season. If he didn't have those 14 touchdowns, he's not fantasy relevant. Like, he's not going to be in the top two or uh, a wide receiver two. And so, I I mean, touchdowns cure all. You could have three catches as long as you have one touchdown, you're, you're, you're in business. So it does make sense. Um, but I'm so high on Austin Eckler and I'm so high on Keenan Allen that I, I just can't afford to, to dish more targets out to Mike Williams. And I do think that rookie that they got from Tennessee is going to have some kind of role, that rookie receiver. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It'll be interesting because that offense will look a little different this year with with uh, some new play callers and, and stuff like that. But uh, let's jump into running backs. Who, who are some guys that you're targeting in, in this sort of range, round five, six, seven, and so on? The first guy that I'm going to talk about is Travis Etienne. And it's somebody that continues to go up my boards. I heard somebody on a podcast, on a fantasy football podcast, somebody that would you would classify as an expert in the industry, put him in his top 15. Um, so maybe, maybe that, that sold seems me a little cool. bit. But it, the, the reason that I'm, I'm very high on Travis Etienne is that he can receive the ball just as good as he can run the ball. And we talked, they talked about him uh, potentially being in the slot for me, like that only increases the more you can do, the more valuable you are. So if, if you're struggling running the ball or if the team's not running the ball and we're going to say, Hey, Trevor, you got to throw it. Guess what? Etienne's still going to be in the game. I think as long as they manufacture touches for him, which I think the stats show that, or the history shows that if they take a running back in the first round, whatever team does, they're going to get him the ball. So I, I think Travis Etienne has a very good outlook. And I do think both him and James Robinson do have value in this backfield. I, I think so too. I think that there can be two heads that, that uh, um, can be productive. And, and can be fantasy relevant. I like the ETN call. Again, he's another name that I think we've talked about uh, 
podcast after podcast here the last couple and, of weeks. And what, you, and what you'll notice is that we talk a lot about first-year, second-year guys. Like, I just, I just think that teams like young talent, and I think teams want to get these young talents. They want to show off those nice new cars. So I think that's why we talk about them a lot. Yeah, and, and you're right. Like, he's going to have that – uh, pass catching ability and it, it, it's very prevalent and that is valuable uh, and we talked about earlier on this episode about guys in this range if you can find high upside with week after week five four five six targets you're going to be very relevant so I, I love that in this range uh, I, I love that call I have him at 28 right now and could see him you know move a couple spots higher yeah that's so exactly I really where like, I have him I really like that call another guy um, I'll stay away from Mike Davis because I'm, I'm pretty sure we both could say his name. We've talked about him a lot, but I'll, I'll talk about Damian Harris. Uh, I think Damian Harris is probably getting drafted a lot lower than he should be. And as we get closer and closer and closer to training camp and closer to the season, I think his name will start to rise up because I think he is going to be the RB one in that backfield, how valuable that, that piece in new England is going to be. That is yet to be seen. But I do think it's going to be a run first offense, especially if Cam is the quarterback, maybe even more so if Mac Jones is the quarterback. So I think he's going to have a lot of opportunity. He's a guy that you might not necessarily get that pass catching from. But at the same time, we talk about it's either in this range, the pass catching or some good path to a lot of volume. And he definitely has that. So I, I really like him in this range just because, like I said, it's going to be a run first offense. If they're get around the goal line, if Cam is not the quarterback, he will have a lot of opportunities. Obviously, that diminishes a little bit if Cam is the quarterback. But I love Harris in this range just because the guys around him, you're not really getting the value that he has a path to get. Yeah, what you just said about Travis Etienne, about getting him in that range, I feel the exact same way about Damian Harris. And one thing I want to talk about with the New England Patriots is I, I think that Mac Jones is going to be their quarterback. I it's, I I don't know. I don't know if that's happen. bold to say, but I think that as time goes on, I think Mac Jones might separate himself. Wow. Can we just clip that out? Just that phrase. Can we we should just clip that out? Mac hey, Jones I've will gone. Himself. I have gone on this podcast the day after Mac Jones got drafted, and I said I was okay with him being at fifteen. I wanted to burn every bridge as soon as people talked about him at three. And let, let's just can I can I just say something? I'm not advocating for Mac Jones. I'm not <laughs> I'm not doing that. So quit asking. Did you put him in your top twenty of quarterbacks? Oh, <laughs> I think I think I have him higher than Taysom Hill. <laughs> so if i'm so if i'm josh he's in the top 10 oh boy i wonder if he's changed that yet for I any listeners out there wondering what we're talking about a couple episodes ago josh uh mentioned that Taysom hill was at 14 for him in the quarterback rankings yeah um and that's so, why we are now second in a mile yes he, <laughs> he, he got the boot after he said that um i did also have mike davis highlighted um we're not going to talk about him i think we can all agree that Mike Davis is a guy that you want just for his pure volume and the opportunity that could be with Mike Davis because of Arthur Smith and his, I don't want to say his tendency, but it is his tendency to give a workhorse the ball. Um, so I'm going to go to a different direction. I'm going to go to the Super Bowl champs and I'm going to say Ronald Jones. Um, I think that Lombardi Lenny got a lot of publicity because of what he did in the playoffs, 
I don't think that's going to be the case in the regular season. And Ronald Jones was an effective player in the regular season last year. Let's, let's not forget that Ronald Jones was posting really good numbers. I, I don't think he was a thousand yard rusher, but if he wasn't, he was very close. So I think Ronald Jones is a sneaky guy because people were really high on him last year, thinking that he could be the guy until they signed uh, Lombardi Lenny. And, and I think Ronald Jones is going to be the guy for the most part. Um, that's not going to say that uh, Leonard Fournette's gone because Leonard Fournette's still going to be there and still going to have a role. But at the end of the day, when it's third down, I don't think Leonard Fournette's going to be on the, on the field. No, I, I am. I'm with you on this one for sure. I, how high do you have him right now? I have met, I have met 38. Okay. So I, so I, I, go ahead. I'm even higher. I have him at 26. Uh, that is, is, that is, that is insane. <laughs> so I have, I have uh, Ronald Jones at 26, which is about, about where I had him last year towards. And again, I was the, I was the resident Rodo, Rojo truther last year. Yep. And, and it looks like I could be again. So I, I'm 100% with you on this. So Leonard Fournette got all the pub. I actually had this conversation recently uh, off air with a, with a lawyer, loyal listener, um, my dad. And <laughs> we were talking about Leonard, Leonard Fournette and what he could be. And, and he's getting trade offers with, with him involved. And, and I'm just, I'm not in on, on the Fournette because I'm still in on, I'm still in on Ronald Jones. He, he had 192 rushing attempts last year, which for a running back is not that many, uh, still turned it into 978 yards, 5.9 a carry, uh, 5.09 a carry, sorry. At 42 targets, which for a running back is not that much, turned it, it, it into 28 catches and, and had a touchdown out of it. So he is basically all on the ground and did a, a ridiculous job with efficiency last year. So if he continues to get that same number and maybe even a little bit more, cause maybe, you know, maybe they run the ball a little bit more as Tom gets another year older. We're not exactly sure, but even if he gets the same amount of volume, I mean, he turned that into RB 15 in, in standard league last year and RB 20 in PPR. So if you're drafting him as low as he's getting drafted right now, let's say around the 35 RB 35 range, like you're getting a pretty good ticket to an RB 28, you know, 25. Yeah. And there, there was times last season where Ronald Jones fumbled the football and Bruce Arians just did not put him back in the game. So, I mean, if he cleans that up a little bit, maybe, maybe that's your sniffing uh, RB 15 range. And he didn't play in week four or uh, 15 and 16. So he did that in, in 13 or 14 games. He was RB, you know, 20 yeah. in PPR. I just think, I think, the opportunity outweighs to be honest with you, there's not that much risk. No, I was going to, I was going to say always the risk, but there's really not a lot of risk when, when drafting Ronald Jones. I mean, obviously you look at injury, there's always a risk for injury. Every player has a risk for injury. Um, But when he shares with Leonard Fournette, I don't think that really like cuts in tremendously. Leonard Fournette's not going to be a guy that's going to sit there and get 25 carries. He's going to be opportune carries and it's going to be late game situations that I think Leonard Fournette's going to utilize. And here are the guys that I have like right behind Ronald Jones, Damian Harris name. We just talked about there's, you can say some question marks there. Cause we haven't seen it yet. Travis Etienne, guy. We just talked about both really like they have, they have Robinson there. So there's some question mark, Melvin Gordon, definitely question marks. James Robinson. I have right behind there, David Johnson, Javante Williams. 
none of those guys have uh, the same are, are on as good of an offense that Ronald Jones is. So like you still have the potential to fall in the end zone too a couple times. Um, and he did that last year with, with seven touchdowns. Let's say he gets up to the 10 range. You know, now you're talking about a, look at that. You had an RB 13, like 14. Yeah. Bottom line. We still have the mojo for Rojo. hundred percent. It's, it's, it. it's, it's never not leaving. So <laughs> let, let's go to our one's got to go and it's going to be rookie fantasy um, addition. And so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you four different statements. And the one that you pick for the one's got to go is the one that you think is the most likely not to happen. And so here's the first one is Jamar Chase finishing as the top 15 uh, wide receiver. Second one is Najee Harris finishing as the top eight fantasy running back. The third one is Trevor Lawrence finishing as a top 12 quarterback. And the final one is Kyle Pitts finishing as a top four tight end. You want to go first? I would like you to go first. Uh, <laughs> before when we were going over our rundown, you you thought you were pretty confident on the two that I was going through. And I don't think you're very – I don't – I don't know why you think that you know what I'm going to do. So I would, you know what? I just talked myself into it. I'm going to go. The one that for me that's got to go is, is Kyle Pitts finishing in the top four. I think out of all these, I the one that also that I would lean toward is, is Jamar Chase. Uh, I take that back. It would be Trevor Lawrence finishing outside the top 12 for quarterback because finishing outside the top 12 uh, for quarterback is super tough. And if you play all 16, sorry, 17 games, and a season, Jamar Chase could easily finish in the top 15 receiver. But back to Kyle Pitts, I, I just have Kyle Pitts outside my top five. And I, I'm a little nervous to see how he's incorporated into Arthur Smith's offense just because of what Arthur Smith had with Johnny, with Johnny Smith. And Johnny Smith was a, t- uh, a touchdown dependent kind of guy for fantasy uh, owners. And I think Kyle Pitts is going to need to be more than that to be a top four tight end. So that's why I have Kyle Pitts outside the top four. Uh, you're really making me question my, my Kyle Pitts at four a little bit. I don't have Brady here to talk me back into. Yeah. He'll talk you into, he'll, he'll, he'll talk you into getting him into tight end too. Oh, I, this is really, these are all really good lines. I think because Jamar Chase, it's probably about, um, I shouldn't say a ceiling, but if he got any higher than that, I think most people would be a little surprised. Um, Najee Harris definitely has the path to be that if he is the workhorse in that, that offense, it's a little bit better. He absolutely has the path to see that, to get that. I don't know if he does get it this year, um, but I'm going to go with Trevor Lawrence. So that's, that's the one I'll take out of there just because I think the quarterback room is just so hard to, to move because there's just so much talent there. In, you talk in your top five. I mean, at 10, I have Herbert. And that seems like, that seems crazy. You know, at 11, I have Wentz, Burrow. Um, you know, so I just think it's going to be hard for him to get in there. Is it out of his range of outcomes? Definitely not. I just, you don't know exactly what that offense is going to look like yet. And I don't think they're going to say, here, make every play on offense. Like they have two good running backs. Yeah, I think I think what you'll what you'll see here with these lines is that if you draft any one of these players and they finish as the top fifteen receiver, top eight running back, and so on and so forth, you're you're happy. You you've gotten your return yeah. on investment. Like th- those are good seasons for a, a rookie. They're they're honestly they're good seasons for any player. Like if you draft a running back and they finish in the top eight, they're having a good season. 
if you draft a wide receiver and they finish in the top 15 outside of picking like the top five guys, like you're, you're fine with that. And especially for tight end, like top four tight end, that means you are, you're out there and you're out there 17 games and you're making plays and you're scoring a lot of touchdowns. So I think if any of these do come true, I think you're happy on your return investment. Definitely. And I will, I'll kind of put a bow on this and, and wrap it into our whole, you know, whole episode to reiterate your point before and to kind of go back to you is Jamar Chase is probably your biggest return on investment if these lines hit because Najee Harris is probably getting drafted somewhere around the RB 15 range. Trevor Lawrence, probably somewhere around the quarterback 15 range. Kyle Pitts, somewhere around the tight end five range. So Jamar Chase, you know, we talked about it. He's probably into the thirties, maybe even. So if he hits wide receiver 15 and you listen to Bradley and you take him, you're going to be stoked uh, about what you got. I mean, sort of similar to, I mean, Justin Jefferson wasn't drafted by most people last year, picked him up and they got a lottery ticket uh, and was a league winner for a lot of teams. So, um, well, we appreciate you guys listening, listening on in. Hopefully uh, you guys found some value in our, in our two mid round or multiple mid round wide receivers that we talked about and multiple uh, mid round running backs. Thank you for listening. Go deep and we'll see you next time.